And they were selling like hotcakes, right? Yes, the hype was growing. We were few artists, really like it's uh, an out of this world experience for a couple of months. It was a really, really insane, really nice experience. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, we've taken a bit of a short break over the summer, and now we're finally back. In today's episode, we're taking a different angle, which we're super excited about, um, as we dug deeper into Web3 earlier this year. Particularly with the rise of NFTs and all the debate around them, we truly wanted to explore the creator's perspective. So with us today is Christelle Pshara. I'm sure a lot of you are already very familiar with her work. Christelle is a brilliant award-winning artist and who earlier this year partnered with ArtsDAO to create their NFT collection, The Eternal Gates. Christelle, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be with you in the podcast. <laughs> thank you for taking the time. It's lovely having you with us. Um, so your journey into digital, essentially, as an artist is, is very interesting, as well, obviously, as your journey as an artist, I should say. So could you walk us through how it started and up until you began selling your art online? Uh, so yes, I've been I've been an artsy person ever since I was a child. I was always creating and experimenting with different types of medium. Um, growing up, I never stopped uh, learning and trying to um, uh, experiment with different mediums. As I said, uh, in uh, college, I graduated with a degree in graphic design. So. It gave me the opportunity to uh, work uh, with different softwares and programs. And this is where I found myself very creative. And I was um, in front of the screen. I was very creative playing with the softwares. And um, after a couple of years of working in the field, uh, I wanted, I missed the traditional uh, art. And uh, as as much as I can, I was trying to create something on the side, painting all the time, uh, trying to create a style that is unique to me. So I can shift to become a professional artist, a full-time artist. And um, it happens when I actually mixed my knowledge of uh, using the softwares and programs with my traditional drawings and paintings. So I mixed both, I mixed everything that I like and I curated something that is uh, first that pleases me, that makes me happy, that fulfill, fulfills everything that I want to do, my like um, all my artistic fondness in one medium, in one process. And this is why uh, I think this is why it became successful. This signature style, I started um, List and listing it's not listing it's just dropping it on instagram and i started getting uh requests and people were interested in buying this form of art and uh, this is how i started my journey into being a professional artist so i've what i've done is i uh i've i've, I've quit my job obviously my nine to five job and i started to uh put all my energy and all my focus on this style of art and this is how I began. Uh, it was around seven years ago. And back then, when you said you started selling your your art, was it um, physical art? Yes. So what I what I started is the style uh, was originally digital, purely digital. This is how I founded this uh, unique style: the black and white si simple lines with the uh, mix of lot of patterns and colors. 
uh, I started digital. And when I started getting orders, I, I didn't even have suppliers yet. I didn't know how to print this, these artworks. They are digital, but people were loving it. And so I went online and uh, just Googled <laughs> the, pr- the first print house I got. Uh, the, they had like strict canvas size. So I... Uh, I had to play around my dimensions to fit their canvases so I can print. I didn't know. I didn't say no to orders. I said, yes, I will do it. I even shipped my first order abroad, not, not in Dubai. And, um, it, it needed to be physical because these are digital. There's no way to show them other than on screen and people want to hang them in their homes. So the only way was to imitate as much as possible the traditional art. So I, printed them on the same canvas that I use for my paintings. Uh, that was later on after, <laughs> after getting the right suppliers. So this is what started imitating my traditional paintings. Um, but yes, it was all physical. When I had time, when I had commissions, I was painting, um, with acrylics on canvas. Uh, it used to take me more time than doing the digital art. So, um, when COVID hit, it, gave me the immense time, immense time to create a large series that was only available as painted uh, on canvas. So yes, up until the NFTs, uh, it was all physical art. All physical. And it's interesting because it started as something that you were personally passionate about, but then you built it into a, a business. And, and, and a lot came into that. So you mentioned earlier that you had to find a supplier, you had to um, figure out how to start shipping these away. And it would be interesting to understand, maybe dig a bit more into that and how it sort of went from your personal passion to actually a business and and, um, art that you're sharing with others. Yes. So it was, uh, as I said, it's a passion because uh, as a child, this was the only passion, the only hobby that I wanted to do. So you can tell that I would put the effort if I thought that this would have been a career. But uh, growing up in Lebanon, fine art careers doesn't do any. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the closest thing was uh, to be in the art industry was the graphic design, which was a new field. So there was a lot of opportunity to grow, like to create, to have a career out of this while still being um, uh, creative and uh, growing, uh, creating brands and uh, the guidelines around it. So this part was really nice. I really liked it up until I wanted to create something for me and not for clients. Uh, I wanted something that um, speaks to me before. And um, so what started as a hobby, as a passion, uh, it was a dream for me to have a studio. It was a dream. Like, I remember my first interview, it was like, I I wanted my art to be around the world. I want people to collect my work, to have them all around the world, to be able to ship internationally, to be. um, So this part happened very quickly with me within months. The first order was shipped uh, 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 abroad. Uh, and then it became easier because I I had to do the difficult things in, in early stages. And within six months, I got approached by a Japanese gallery in Tokyo. They had two branches in Tokyo and Osaka. That was after six months of launching the signature style. And they were ordering quantities from me. So 
the 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 advantage that I had that I was creating the digital, the limited edition digital art. So I was able to print them. And I was able to supply their demand and I was shipping, uh, in, in, in quantities uh, to uh, Tokyo. And then it rolled like I had galleries in, in Belgium, in London, in Italy, in France. Uh, and orders started to coming from all around the world, from China to India, uh, Canada, to the States, Europe. So. I, it was a bit of stressful, like this, this, in a short period, I grew organically uh, in, in a large uh, pace, but I, I, it's an opportunity that you don't waste. You need to capture, you need to uh, capitalize on it, take advantage of it. And this is what I've done. I've got help. I've asked for help. Um, uh, we had some experience in shipping, so we, I had my connections there, which helped a lot. Um, I got assistance, like I got an assistant who helped me with the, uh, administrative work. I've got, uh, a copywriter that was able to tell my story properly and a, and a, a PR agent later on to tell my story and to communicate it to media. And, um, I think this is, uh, how it became, it, it became directly a career. I have to say it's a profession and having the studio a year or a, a year and a half after this was a, a, a great shift for me because I had people, they come to the studio, they see my work hanging, they start to, they feel that they see the unfinished work. It's very important like to have your own space uh, and uh, collectors can be comfortable. They can come and meet and, so this was a quick shift and yeah. That's interesting. So it's the beginning also of, um, of a space for a community to, to, to come together. There's a lot to unpack here, but I think before we, we dig into this, it's, it's worth because obviously this podcast is not a visual medium. Um, it's worth maybe trying to describe the worlds that you create. My art is, um, it's, it has a lot of contrast. It plays uh, with black and whites uh, in the backgrounds and a lot of patterns and colors to um, map or highlight one aspect of this painting. I do work a lot on my storytellings. Every painting has a story behind it. Uh, I, I work with um, uh, all subjects and uh, um, from uh, still life to figurative arts to I, I like to work a lot on women uh, I, and portray them in their different uh, walks of life. Um, so whatever series I'm creating, I try to um, see it in a different way and uh, to have an impact on the viewer so that they question everything uh, about them and about the world around them. Awesome. So how did you um, get into the NFT space? The NFT space has been around now maybe 18 or 20 months. Uh, let's say end of 2020, I started hearing about it. It was during the lockdown and the cryptocurrency started like people, maybe they had more time <laughs> to investigate and do their own research then. Uh, but I had a gal, my gallery was in GIFC back then. And I had a friend walking by, uh, passing by my, um, I had an exhibition there and, uh, 
in my gathering. He's like, um, you have beautiful work. Have you ever heard? Uh, I know that you do limited editions. You do also digital art. Um, he explained briefly the NFTs, the non-fungible token. And it made sense to me. Um, I had no idea how to buy crypto. I never had, I never invested in crypto before. Um, so I did a bit of research, uh, cause I was, it got me intrigued because dealing with digital art is not easy. For many years, I had to explain for people that this is art. For them, this is an image, an illustration or a photo. And right. it was really hard for me to explain to them that this is a process. And it's not that anyone can do this process. It's something that I created using different programs. And if I hadn't had the experience that I had working um, in this field, I wouldn't have been able to come up and create something that is unique to me. Um, it is not something, uh, uh, it's not a filter. It's not uh, done in minutes. It takes so it takes time uh, and it, ha it has to have the same value, but it's just a different medium. It's this one is drawn using uh, a Wacom, a stylus. It is on the screen. And uh, if you want to display it, we need to transfer it uh, to another medium, which is through printing. Uh, so it was always this long debate and conversation and trying to, because uh, they like the art, but they're, they are like, oh, it is less valuable. It's not uh, uh, as, it's because it's not painted by hand. It's not, um, it didn't take as much time. So there's yeah. conception. And I always, I was, uh, in the beginning, I was very <laughs> defensive. <laughs> Sometimes like, oh, I was very harsh. If you don't like, if you don't like it, just don't get it. You can buy my my uh, acrylic paintings i always used to ha have both of them displayed just to say and to show people that i do both this is me who's done both um and when he explained what non-fungible tokens means how that these tokens gives uh, gives people or collectors the ownership uh, aspect that now they can own a digital art that no one else can own it even if they can copy it and save it it clicked it made sense. It was like a relief. It was something needed that I wanted to have. Um, as I'm saying, my my art is a business. It's it's a startup. It was a startup back then. It for me, it's I need to um, take on opportunities, whatever comes in my way, whatever I think helps. I need to to uh, just uh, grab it and take advantage and and uh, try to uh, adopt it as soon as possible. And this is what I've done. Um, it was very natural for me. I didn't find it difficult in a way. It was, um, okay, you download the wallet. Uh, instead of having, if instead of using fiat money, you're using crypto. So it was, the steps are there. They were online. I've done them, listing the art, on this platform was also, uh, wasn't something like out of uh, the ordinary. It's just like yeah. another online platform, but it's just using uh, cryptos. And uh, it just made sense to me. And while I was working on my series, which was purely uh, uh, available through NFTs, I I opened the payment on my uh, website through uh, cryptocurrencies. So it's just to show that, 
that I'm adopting. I believe in this technology. It's not uh, it's not a hype. It's not something that I want to just uh, take advantage of. It's something that I believe in, and it is going to be uh, for me. It it is beneficial for me, and it it will be the future. So I started um, in December, early uh, like or early Jan, early in January in 2021, I opened uh, this uh, uh, this field on my website to accept cryptocurrencies. And I started building my uh, series. Uh, I was able, if I wanted, I, I could have created NFTs for my previous digital art, but I... I wanted to create something special for this world because after doing a couple uh, a, a months of research, it's like the terminology they use and this, it's like a whole new space and a new a dimension, a new, a new dimension opened up for me. So I got very creative. I wanted to uh, show it how I see it. So um I created. I started creating this series. I started with Satoshi Nakamoto, the founder and uh, of uh, Bitcoin, and I wanted to uh, show how I, I represented it and how I see it in my mind, a non-binary uh, figure. How I played with the shield, um, uh, hiding his face or her face, and um, yes, this is how I started. It's it just the thing is with uh, this space, time flies and. You need to adapt quickly. You need to stay up to date and develop as quick as this technology is. So it was very fast. Like I started dropping the art on foundation in March and every artwork I dropped, it was one of ones. I didn't do limited editions because back then I'm, I'm just adopting the whole idea that now we can sell digital art uh, Similarly, as I sell my paintings and the price were going as like as high as my uh, paintings. So I was very mm -hmm. happy like to get this recognition, the digital art getting the recognition. And um, now I was able to sell digital art. I was proud to be a digital artist. Uh, I didn't have to print it if I want. I just have it on the screen. They can display it on screens. And uh, I got a very... Uh, positive um, feedback from collectors, collectors that usually they are like new to me. They are different kinds of collectors. They are people who like our digital art. They want mm -hmm. something different, a different medium. They want these crazy ideas that revolves around the, the their space, the space that they are used to it. And I found a lot of creativity in that. And they were selling like hotcakes, right? If, if I remember from our previous conversation, it was the more you make, you know, the more you're kind of minting NFTs, the more they're selling. Yes, exactly. The hype was growing a lot. And back then on Foundation, it was a new platform. We were few artists, uh, very curated. So the collectors were very prominent collectors who uh, really believed in these artists. So I managed to have a couple of collectors who became like very uh, huge collectors for me. Um, and uh, so I felt like I needed to create. It's like I'm wasting time if I'm not because when I'm listing, I'm, I'm seeing the demands, I'm seeing the bids, uh, like I had a couple of war bids, they call them. And you go on Twitter and you see people talking about this uh, bids, like who's bidding mm -hmm. and how it's going. So it was 
really like it's uh, an out of this world experience for a couple of months. It was a really, really insane, really nice experience. And yes, I was working really hard to grow this series because there was a high demand on it. And I think I've done a beautiful series. I'm very proud of it. And um, up until a couple of months, uh, maybe in six months, the shift in the NFT space went to the prof uh, PFPs and generative art and like the avatars hype. Mm. So these collectors, after collecting many uh, one-of-one arts, they shifted as well. And this is where also I needed to shift and to take advantage because there's now a technology that can help create a generative generative art that is also created by me. It's interesting because you know, for for, for someone like me who's completely out of of um, at least the artistic space, right? Y- you would think that it's it must be harder for someone who's kind of built, and I might be completely wrong, right? But for someone who's kind of built this business on top of of your your kind of creations, your brand, and so on, but to also be able to very quickly adapt to um, the, the the technology exactly. It is frustrating. Let's let's say it's um, a bit challenging, and you always have you feel this FOMO, the fear of missing out, because everything is moving so fast, and you want to keep up. So um, it's always stimulating, and you need to be creative, and you need to adapt as fast as possible to stay like a step uh, ahead, right? Yeah. And to help the business, to help my art, to help uh, keeping my brand name like. Uh, as I started to keep it to keep up, so what I've done is uh, um, I I I was uh, very intrigued by the PFPs because it's something that I used to do even as a child. I used to draw paper dolls and change mm. their clothes and stick on them different uh, hairstyles. So it is something that it reminded me of my childhood. It's something that I wanted to do. I started toying around the idea of creating a PFP project for me. Uh, it, not an animal, not any kind of uh, the things that we've seen, Yeah, but something more artsy, more related to my work. But still, I wasn't convinced and I needed a team. And this is where I met the guys at ArtsDAO. Uh, so apparently they were starting to create, to fund their, um, to found uh, uh, the DAO. Mm-hmm. They were also looking for artists who can, who they can uh, help and support in creating what they want. So there was a lot of meetings with them to see what we can do, uh, how they can support if, if, if I wanted a team, if I wanted to build a community, the Discord, the uh, developers, uh, etc. what I want to do, how they can help. And um, it was a, a nice and friendly, uh, let's say, collaboration. I, I was comfortable with the guys. And uh, so we kept on uh, communicating for a couple of months up until we started doing the meetups at uh, we started two meetups at my studio just uh from word of mouth telling other people who are in the space and uh having uh, them all in in these meetups uh first meetup we were around 12 people the second we were around 40 and then we took it up to uh we started doing larger events uh, and this is where the art style started like uh, growing the community properly and then the technology was still moving fast the projects and the 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 art space was as well 
uh, I didn't feel like the PFP projects, the profile picture projects and the avatars fits within my uh, core and within, within the values and the messages that I want from my art. Yeah. So I figured that why I, okay, with the technology and smart contracts, we can do generative art, but I want to do an artwork, a story, not just an, uh, a, a figure uh, or, or, or an avatar right that that works on the details and the characteristics of every avatar i didn't want to do that uh so we've what i've uh, done is uh, uh, a, a generative art series so i've created different layers that uh, mix uh, a, a beautiful landscape and from that uh, with the help of the team, with the help of Artstow, we um, we built the Eternal Gates, and it is about uh, different gates that gives you uh, this entry to a new dimension, a new community, a new members club, which is the Artstow, and the holders of of these NFTs get access to the DAO. The DAO is a art DAO. It's a collector's uh, DAO. They collect uh, NFTs, and um, you will be you will have a share of this DAO. Whoever owns these NFTs, yeah, and who's part of that community? Yes, and yeah. uh, we launched this in June twenty twenty two, and it's a it's a successful project. We have a beautiful community of uh, over seven thousand maybe members, and. Um, we meet up regularly uh, from time to time, uh, and uh, yes, it's it's a different. Like this is another aspect of this space is where you have a community now. The community is here to support you. Yeah. If you launch, uh, like we have, the community is based on di diverse people and qualified people from creators to developers to people investors. Yeah. So. You have access to all this network, right? That's one thing that's super interesting is is the the community and and it's something that stood out also in our conversation. So art and Web three, interestingly, are spaces where community brings in a lot of strengths and um, Web three community has both driven and been driven by communities in a way we haven't really seen in a while. It'd be great to kind of um, maybe speak a little bit more on the power of community for that. Well, yes, it is something that I haven't experienced before because um, being an artist, I was on my own. I, I dealt with galleries uh, and this, that's about it. And collectors, uh, okay, I have I have a base of collectors, but this is like this community is different because you have people that you won't normally have access to. You have them in this community. The network you grow is totally different than in real life. Um, it is also, okay, the majority of our community is in Dubai, but then a lot also comes from a, from abroad and um the, the it is a very tight knit community here uh if you have any need if you need any advice if you want uh, if you have any uh, i don't know if like it's it's there you just drop your message and you will have a lot of people coming in uh helping in uh, in whatever you need so um it, it is it is an amazing uh space to be honest um one of my goals were for example uh, starting up was to have like 10,000 artworks delivered around the world to be collected around the world and 
is just from this uh, Eternal Gate drop, which was, uh, it's a collection of 1,500 uh, artwork. Uh, we sold them within two days. So imagine within just uh, two days, I managed to have 1,500 artwork collected yeah. by this community. So imagine That's the impressive. power yeah. and the strengths of this community. Um, we have artists that we have built as well. And uh, so if they have a drop, you have this uh, these this community ready to support, to help, to build, and plays a key role also as as part of the, the DAO, right? Because it's a, it's a very different type of organization. So the community here essentially plays a very central role to to the you know rele- relevant to the whole purpose of the DAO. Um, there's there's another thing that really stood out during our discussion, which is the evolving meaning of ownership and. Um, you know, what you've observed essentially and what this means for you as the creator, your clients, the collectors, and uh, both those who essentially bought physical pieces or or even NFTs. Um, and I remember in our conversation, you mentioned how it was a bit different when um, you started uh, in the NFT space, how you sort of felt that this was very legitimate for you as an artist. Yes. It, it's finally gave us the proper recognition, right? It gives exactly. digital art the recognition. And it is something that is needed. Like we always, uh, even for in traditional art, and this is what I think the future is, that NFTs is going to be the norm of uh, uh, of uh, certif- uh, authentication and uh, the certificate uh, um, issue. So um, the blockchain technology, it is there to prove that every artwork is uh, created by this artist and is collected by this collector. So the identities of these uh, people are listed on on the blockchain, which is immutable. And this is the beauty of this technology. And this is why I wanted to adopt this. The the, the first thing, and it still is for me, it is... um, license it is a certificate that you get and how you build your provenance on the blockchain um before that i used to sell my work and it's just one painting and you get revenue just from that now you get to have your work sold in a secondary market and also keep royalty fees and keep getting revenues from the secondary market. Uh, As a creator, this is very important for me. I feel that I really own my work. It's not that I sell it and it's now owned by someone else who can sell it again. And I don't get any of that because I I don't even know that if he sold it or where my art ends up. Many years after that, maybe it's going to be auctioned and why why not why won't i get a share of that this is my work even if i'm not here my kids or, or <laughs> the family can get part of that because this is our this is our right this is our um uh, co- not copyright what do you call it? this is our intellectual property right yes. cre- yeah. as as a creator it is something that i've done and it's still owned by me even if i sell it i've created it right and i feel uh, this is like Yes, it's something very powerful for creators. And um, yes, building provenance, seeing how it's moving uh, in different markets. So this is what I wanted also from my traditional art uh, collectors, um, whoever, and especially now because collectors are very aware of this technology. And for them, it makes sense as well. 
to have an NFT for their art. Uh, why would they have it on a piece of paper when they can have it on the blockchain? Um, it doesn't have to have, it's just a license. It's just a token that certifies that this art is legitimate. It is made by this artist and he collected it. So it makes sense. It's more transparent. It's more secure. So why not? It's, it is, it's the technology to adopt. It is there to help us. And, uh, I, I think, uh, we should all be open up, open to this technology don't think about the art because it's not only for art it's for any asset that needs to be um that needs to be authenticated and have a certain yeah yeah i want to touch on that actually so maybe the last um thing to kind of explore is your your thoughts on collect collectible nfts generally and where it could potentially go because the collectibles are only kind of there's potentially been maybe the most hype around them rather than what else the uh, what else non-fungible tokens solve for really and i liked what you said about yes there's been a lot of momentum and that's going to kind of scale and shrink at different points but they could represent and they do actually and people like us who kind of try and see it for the long term you know they represent more than just i bought a piece of art and uh, for that moment or an avatar, it's it's a lot more. It's you 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 own that, but you're also part of um, a community of people who own that. So there's a question of access and membership. And I'd love to get your thoughts on where do you see this realistically going beyond the hype and all the debate that you know is being kind of thrown around. Yes, yes, you can tell that the PFPs and this phase is about to fade a little bit because few projects will will last, like maybe the original ones. The um, but all these like there's there's this bubble and it's gonna be it's gonna explode. That's for sure. There's tons of projects that popped out. They they are not necessarily um, very authentic and. Uh, some project I think I believe in, they have uh, utilities behind them or they have a like a roadmap that is really, it makes sense. It's, it's end up, it can end up in a game or in a movie or in books. So if you like these characters that you, or the project or the team behind it or the community that you're in, I think these projects would last. They would have a future, but um, most of these projects, uh, I don't think that uh, realistically they will last. It's a phase that uh, I think we're going to pass. Uh, for arts, it is a way to be more creative maybe and to create more things because digital now um, can be owned uh, in this aspect. But uh, um, you have uh, movie uh, pr- movie producers, music producers, uh, all kinds of other arts uh, field that uh, should and should start benefiting from this technology. Um, um, what else? But yes, for me, like there's quite a hype around creating projects with utilities and not necessarily all of them will last, not necessarily they will succeed and be a successful project. Uh, it's, it's always up to the, the, if you're a collector or if you believe in this community or the team behind the project, I think this is very important. Uh, whether it's art or it's a game or any kind of other project that's been created. Are you, um, maybe as a side, uh, side question, are you, um, are there any projects or NFTs that you've personally collected? I, I, I did, yes. I actually, for the first, uh, 
year maybe or 10 months, I was very busy creating and I didn't invest. And and maybe that was the right time to invest, but I wasn't able. I was very focused on my work um, and creating in this space. So I didn't have time to search and um and you know to search and know what project to invest in and this is yeah. why the need for me was i was always talking with arts dao like we need this dao to be a collector's dao because like i'm an artist i don't i don't have the time to do my own research about other projects i don't have the time to be in all kinds of community to know which is what and who will deliver and what's best to invest in and this is where what I wanted from my art to have this back utility, this utility. So you get access to this DAO. And because I feel the need that I need someone to do the research for me, I need these people to um, investigate and, uh, and, and, and uh, like invest in the right project. And this is where it, that this is where we agree on that a lot of people uh, are, don't have the time to do their own um uh, investments and uh, so this was one of uh, aspect that i wanted to create this generative art series um i did invest in a few projects after after maybe 10 months uh like the artifact clonex i have uh, invested in that because uh, i believed um i like murakami as an artist and i like mm. i like the collaboration and um so it was and it was always like this um fashion brand as well it's like this casual the nike uh brand that i like so this part i was okay whatever happens with this it's gonna it is it's gonna stay here right so i thought this was a good investment and then uh, there was one artsy project it's called cyber brokers that i really like it is what this artist uh she's she is a real og like maybe Back in 2017, she was working on this concept that the art is amazing. The story behind the art is really nice. And I think, and I hope that they will end up creating movies or books out of this series. They do quests every couple of uh, weeks. Uh, so you get also rewarded. So you have your avatar and you get keep, keep getting things <laughs> to add and to build your avatar so yeah. that you're able to go on missions and quests. Uh, to be honest, I don't have the time to really play or do these. Yeah, things. yeah, I can imagine. But it's nice because they do scripts and you get to read the scripts. It's like just being in a movie, uh, like a very sci-fi movie. Uh, so these two, I think I'm uh, and obviously Eternal Gates <laughs> I'm invested yeah. in. I've also invested in and I'm one of the artists of um 2117, which is part of Bedou. Uh, it's here in Dubai, and they are building a, a they they are on a mission to Mars. And uh, so you get a citizenship in Mars. So that's I'm very excited about this. I have the key pass, and soon I will be <laughs> I'll have a citizenship in Mars. <laughs> there are a few things that it's like really interesting projects. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Christelle, I think we're we're reaching um the end of the podcast but thank you so much for the end of the episode i should say but thank you so much for your time thank you stephanie oh uh, it was a lovely talk uh, i'm uh, very happy to be here yeah